Disruption is the result of applying probably a series of changes in a system that creates a whole new way of doing things completely differently and often results in a completely new business model. The, the one I like to use is the music industry. We thought we had disruption when we, you know, iTunes came along and we could buy a song for 99 cents or whatever, but actually I think we're really seeing the disruption in music now where things like Spotify and Pandora are out there and people are not owning music anymore, they're subscribing and that's that's the real disruption. It's really interesting to see how the modern millennial generation, if you like, actually aren't that phased by not owning their music. Whereas my generation, we grew up with vinyl and CDs and we had to own the music. You know, you have to let go of some of the, um, the paradigms that you've, you've held dear for many years. And I think you know, it sometimes takes generations to do that. How does that apply back to mining? Well, that's up to the, the imagination to some extent. Hi, my name is Ahmad. Hi, my name's Steve. And this is Exploration Radio, a podcast focusing on the past, present, and the future of mineral exploration. Welcome to another mini-episode. We're still working with the theme of change. We heard from Hedley Widdop on why we have a cyclical industry, and from Bruce McDonald on why our industry is structured differently to the petroleum industry. A key question for us, though, is, given the structural and cyclical issues we're aware of, Why are we still working the same way? This is more than a conversation about bolting on technology. It's about questioning our existing business model. Today we talk to Gavin Yates. Gavin is a geologist with a diverse career in many parts of the mining value chain. Gavin went on to lead the strategy for BHP in development of the concept of the digital mine. Today we talk about what is the digital mine and what are the implications for our industry. So going back to the time that you worked in BHP, uh, you mentioned you set up the technology direction for the company, Mm -hmm. the strategy for the company. Did that involve mostly in-house work or was it external or a combination of both? The first part of that uh, study was to actually look externally. And uh, I can still remember uh, being encouraged by Andrew McKenzie to not look at other mining companies because we weren't going to get the inspiration from other mining companies, we were going to get it from other industries. So I spent quite a bit of time, probably six months, looking at other industries, looked at aerospace, looked at um, uh, space industry, looked at uh, car industry, looked at manufacturing, um, logistics, and uh, really tried to understand how technologies were shaping those industries and how to bring it back into BHP and into the mining industry. So saying that, how would you currently rate the industry with respect to its attitude towards research and technology or innovation? It has a, an attitude that it's very interested in technology, but I'm, I'm yet to see it really act. And uh, there's been some studies recently that point to very few mining companies actually have stra- uh, in their overall strategy technology as part of that. Until you get the very high-level strategy in a mining company, seeing technology as part of the way they do business, um, I, I, I think we're going to struggle. We're also seeing CEOs, and, and I think VCI did a state of play report last year that said things like the CEOs were aware that where technology could take them, but they wanted to take small steps and be very, very slow in their approach to it and measured uh, rather than taking the radical 
approach. And, and I think that sort of says it all. We're, we're wanting to take small steps. We're very conservative, risk averse. So as an industry, we can see the big prize out there, but we're not willing to take the big steps. And likewise, whenever we put in technology, we're also worried about the legacy that we've got to protect so that if it doesn't work, we've got a way out. The whole approach is very risk averse. And the other thing I would say is the MET sector is pushing a lot of point solutions onto mining. Mining companies don't have the big integrators like uh, oil and gas. Those would be integrated with by a Schlumberger or a Halliburton or a Baker Hughes. In mining, we don't have those. So it's left to the mining companies to have to cobble together the integrated solution. I think that's one of the reasons why mining companies are very risk averse. They've also been burnt uh, by previous uh, experience so that they can see the value of, of innovation and where technology can take them, but they're being very cautious. Do you care to comment how we could get out of this conservative approach? Well, that's just not my opinion. That's the opinion of the CEOs of the mining industry themselves. So one of the, one of the key change agents will be CEOs that um, are less risk averse. The other piece is the mining industry uh, needs to align itself a little more with a roadmap so that everyone knows where they're going. If you compare it with other industries and if you look at the semiconductor industry, they've got an incredibly good roadmap. As an industry. As an industry. Yeah. So everyone knows when the next chip is coming out. The mining industry has nothing like that. So we, we don't know what technologies are coming out when. The MET sector can't align what they're doing with what the mining industry is doing. So we lack this overall coordination. So in the tech industry, what was the uh, the lubricant for that collaboration as an industry to do it? I mean, is that something we're missing in mining? Yeah, I think um, obviously the speed at which you were developing new products, if you didn't have that roadmap, you'd have to wait for the chip to come out and then be bought by the suppliers of smartphones, say, and then they had to develop their product. The mining industry misses out in that speed of innovation and it is incredibly slow in uh, changing. And the reality is the core mining process really hasn't changed in more than 50 years. We still dig stuff up with shovels and put it in trucks. And Yeah, that's right. We just got bigger shovels and bigger <laughs> trucks. That's yeah, really... That's right. So let's talk about um, this talk that you did, which is called The Digital Mine of the Future. Yep. Do you want to describe what you mean by the digital mine of the future? <laughs> um, effectively, in mining, we have a situation where the ore body is in the ground. We can't change it. What we can change is what we know about it. If we know more about the ore body, we can be much more precise about how we exploit it. At the moment, when we dig uh, a shovel full of dirt, we're working on the basis of, well, it was modelled from sparse drilling but then we've blasted it and moved it and mixed it up. We really don't have a very precise idea of what that material is. I guess the digital mind starts to say, well, what can we do to actually understand this process much better, make sure that we know the right pieces of information at all the right decision-making steps? You know, the critical decision is sort of, is it ore or waste, for instance? make that as an informed decision rather than one based on a prediction that's pretty uh, uncertain. This challenge that we now face with digital mining where we need more and more information of the ore body, 
Is that a consequence of the fact that we're now having declining grades? It certainly is. Um, I, I guess we've got two things going against us. We've got uh, rising costs just to move a tonne of material, but also we've got the structural consequence of ore bodies getting deeper, more difficult metallurgically, more difficult mining, ground conditions, whatever, and lower grade. Put all those together means that we've got to do better just to stand still. The industry, as you said before, just getting bigger and bigger trucks, we get seduced by bigger is better and we forget the ore body. Peter McCarthy talks about this as the temptation of tonnage. The ore body's in the ground and it has a, a shape and a, a distribution of grade that we can't alter. And the, if we just put bigger equipment over it, all we're doing is diluting it more. Yeah. And so getting back to understanding the ore body and tailoring the mining method to the distribution in the ground and then preserving that uh, rather than homogenizing it and diluting it through the process is, I think, where we've got to go to offset the grade decline you talked about. I love the, the example that you gave about bigger is better, because I always argue surely better is better. You know, like <laughs> finding better ore would actually be much better. So how will this, so how do you think the mine of the future will be different than it is right now? Well, it depends how far you look ahead. I think we're seeing already, and there's lots of trials going out there where sensors are going into operations to try and understand more about the ore body and the ore as early in the process as possible. Because at the moment we dig the ore up and we take it through our processing plants and we try and perfectly separate it all at the end. Whereas I think the future will be sequential separation of um, and beginning that separation process as close to the face as possible. So that'll be in the very foreseeable future. Further out, we'll get much more surgical in our extraction of the valuable material, ultimately to, uh, I guess, the, the ultimate incarnation of that will be things like in situ leach, where you specifically target the metal and extract it and leave everything else behind. In the intervening period, I think we'll see autonomous equipment that's sized to the ore body because at the moment we size equipment because we've got to have a person on it. In an autonomous world, that uh, concept goes out the window. We should be coming up with the size of equipment that adequately targets the ore body that we're dealing with. So do you think this path that we're going to take down technology, is it going to be largely an economically driven one or is it going to be a socially, environmentally driven one? Ultimately, the first driver will be economics. All of these will have to have a business case and will have a, a very strong business case that will drive the mining companies to adopt them. The beauty of some of these technology advances is that they also deal with some of those other aspects like the social license to operate and environmental issues. Because if you're more selective, you have lower waste, use lower energy, use less water, all of those make you more socially acceptable than existing operations. So, so I think it's a double whammy, but the fundamental decision that a mining company will make will be on economics. So how will this digital revolution affect the other parts of the mining industry, say service providers, thinking outside of just direct mining companies? Yeah. So we're, we're already seeing that a little bit. 
some examples would be drilling companies uh, and some of the drilling companies and drilling service providers already starting to move down the track of instead of drilling holes in the ground and handing over core samples to the mining companies, they're actually collecting the data and they're providing the data to the mining companies. We're seeing downhole or near hole assaying, we're seeing um, all sorts of other geophysics and, and uh, hyperspectral scanning, etc. available. That will be ultimately packaged up and provided to mining companies as data as a service, which is a completely different business model to what we have today. And then uh, blasting companies, for instance. Today, blasting companies effectively sell explosives to the mines. Some of them also sell a service where they charge those holes. I think down the track, you'll see blasting companies selling fragmentation. Okay. Taking on some risk around secondary breakage and things like that, but they will sell fragmentation and the mining companies will then dial up the fragmentation they want to give them the selectivity they need for their processing, etc. So yeah, okay. fragmentation will be seen as part of the comminution process, not part of the mining process. Do you think the people in the mining industry will have to acquire new skills? You look at a geologist's career in the mining industry, the first thing they do is they go and log core for several years. They won't be doing that anymore. They will be instead confronted with huge multivariate data they then have to make sense of. So, yeah, they're going to need a lot different skills. If I was doing geology now, I'd be doing a second major in data analytics. And I can tell you that there's already been trials done that's tested an analytic solution comparing it to a geologist logging core, and the analytic solution is better than the best geologist. I think the other piece that the mining industry has to tackle is breaking down the silos. So if you look at mining now, and particularly you're seeing it with remote operating centres where they're throwing the uh, all of the operators in one area, you're seeing geologists, mining engineers, metallurgists, processing specialists all operating together as teams. Now you'll see that broaden out to data analytics, data scientists in there as well. Um, core competencies will have to include data science and data analytics, as well as software, because it will have to be embedded back into the control systems. So one of the questions I had is that there is often this talk about that we're going to move to real-time data acquisition. Do you think we have a good handle on what data we want? Well, if I, if I look at the mining sector at the moment, I think there's where we've got a lot of data about how our equipment operates. We've got almost no data about the rock in that process. So the example I tend to use for this is, you know, your cat truck's got 200 odd sensors streaming back data to the uh, fleet management system. Uh, we can tell you the exhaust temperature, the oil pressure, the you know, tire pressures, you name it. We can tell you about how that truck's operating, but we can't tell you anything about what it's carrying. Maybe weight. Certainly that's not going to help you with your key decision in operating that truck is, when it gets to the top of the pit, does it turn left to go to the waste dump or right to go to the process plant or crusher? That is the most critical decision, yet we don't inform that with any information. So, and in fact, we rely on it based on a prediction made out of the ore body model. And if we're lucky, maybe some blast hole information, which is very poor as well. So I think there is a problem with an oversupply of irrelevant, but maybe interesting distraction data. 
and an undersupply of the critical data we need to run the operation. You know, my view is we've been led astray by KPIs. You know, KPIs have been driving the silos to do better, which is actually uh, making the whole go much worse. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, yeah, the... and I and I think that's a really good point. Basically, both departments kind of rob Peter to pay Paul along the way, really. Yeah. You know, one of the things I guess some people say is that, you know, we, you know, we can get more and more information, but ultimately we can't control the commodity price markets, which is ultimately what drives essentially our business. Mm -hmm. So how do you envisage this knowledge? Do you think that'll be transferable to us making better decisions in light of commodity price uncertainty? Um, I think technology will play a part in that number of ways though. One is that for operations where they can swing production up and down, uh, they can do that much more effectively. Think of an autonomous operation. The cost, if you've got people in there operating, uh, of getting rid of that workforce and then re-employing and training that workforce, if you've got an autonomous fleet, you're basically just standing that fleet down. If you like, um, you can see a lot of your costs as fixed in a manned world, but in an autonomous world, they're all variable. Uh, probably the other thing is, uh, as we get smarter about how we use, both understand our ore body and how we plan those under different scenarios for price, I think you'll find uh, companies being able to actually go onto a different plan. In, in this price world, we operate this plan. In this price world, we operate that plan. Yeah, yeah, I can. So would I be correct in saying like our ability to react to the market would become a lot quicker? Because yes. obviously right yeah. now we have a lag effect in how Absolutely. we react. Absolutely. And and part of that's because of the, the technology we're using. Yeah. Uh, the current case involves a whole lot of people that have to be trained up, et cetera, et cetera. And usually when the market ticks up, everyone's looking for those people and then the, the wages go through the roof because That's you're right. trying to attract yeah. the talent, et cetera, et cetera. Think about a world where you've just got an autonomous fleet. You can just add more capacity yeah. to that fleet and you can turn it on straight away. So we talked a little bit about what's holding uh, companies back from going down this technological change. Um, what do you think is the main reason why? There is not one single factor that's holding us back. There's a whole range of factors. It's more complex than just one. It does start with leadership. It also starts with a focus on, okay, if I'm going to go down a technology-led route or have technology high in my strategic uh, plan, then I'm going to choose which areas I'm going to put that to because you can't do everything. The other question is there is not the capacity within the mining companies to take on huge change and technology development. So do you mean from like a skills point of view or from like a... Just a capacity point of view. Ah, okay. Yep. The, the, there's just not the capacity, spare capacity in uh, and capability within mining companies. Most of them are running flat out just to produce. Yep. The other piece is they don't want to put at risk their existing production. That's the cash flow. There is no let up from investors wanting their short-term returns. So you still want to produce the tonne of dirt that's going to make you the money for this year's budget whilst you're inventing a new way of doing something for next year. And I think there it relies on some quite different changes of approach, both in the supplier sector, and we talked before about having integrators and things like that, 
But the mining industry isn't making that easy because of the way it purchases from the net sector. So the mining industry are very, very good at commoditizing. If you're a vendor with some novel piece of innovation, the first thing the mining companies will do is try and commoditize it. So they will put you to their central procurement and it'll be out for tender. Those central procurement people are KPI'd again, we come back to KPIs, on cost, not value. In the end, what the, the one they choose will be the cheapest cost. And the lowest cost tender approach doesn't actually lead to good innovation. So we're stuck in this world where we've developed a very efficient drive to manage costs through commoditization and, uh, and central procurement but it actually doesn't lead to innovation. And so there's got to be ways around that process to enable innovation to occur. So there are obviously companies that are trialling these new methods, new technologies. Is there a reason why we're not seeing that kind of transitional change? Is it because it's too small scale to disintegrate it? I'd say we're trialling the components. We're not trialling the system. A number of companies are playing with, you know, like autonomous trucks, autonomous drills, uh, all sorting and all sorts of really good components, but no one's put it all together as a system yet. You know, maybe it's still early days, but there is also some missing pieces and, you know, things like we were talking about before, sensors, grade sensors that will give us the ability to discern grade in a face. Do you think that service providers are going to have a really important role? If you look at the oil and gas sector, the oil companies almost deferred all of the technology and innovation out to the Schlumbergers and the Halliburtons of the world. And they became very good at integrating those in such a way that they could deploy them very quickly for the, for the oil and gas companies. Now, that was a collaboration between the oil and gas companies and the, the service providers. The mining industry hasn't seen anything like that. We're stuck with a whole lot of vendors all pushing point solutions at the mining industry, and the mining industry has not to do that integration, and they have no capacity to do that. Uh, unfortunately, the price point that you had a Schlumberger or a Halliburton working at, oil and gas margins allowed them to operate at a price point that made that successful. Mining industry's margins are significantly less, but I still think there's an opportunity there for, for someone to step into that space. And I think uh, there needs to be some new business models to allow some revenue sharing or at least some, some, uh, some profit sharing. Now, that means the mining company doesn't lose any of its margin. It just makes some of its increased margin available to those players. You know, I think it's twofold. Mining industry has been unwilling to share its margin mm -hmm. or at least its upside in its margin. And those METS players have been unwilling to take on any risk. And so an integrator needs to come in there that has the horsepower to be able to handle some of that risk. Do you think this acceptance of technology is going to be a disruption or do you think it's going to be an innovation? Like, are we just going to change the way we're going to do or are we going to fundamentally recreate the way we're going to do? I think it'll be two schools there. There'll be the existing operations that incrementally add stuff. And, and we're seeing that uh, across the Pilbara with automation that's being added and remote operating centres, and they're vastly different now to what they were 10 years ago. There will also be the opportunity for 
new minds coming out with a blank sheet of paper who actually say, okay, we're going to build this with no people underground or no people in the mine and and just do it differently. Mm-hmm. And it will take probably a generation of new minds and some of those will work, some of them will be failures and we've got to accept the failures. As an industry, I don't think we've been good at handling failure as a learning opportunity. You know, and it will take some courageous leadership as well. Okay. So can we talk about what do you think are going to be some uh, complete fundamental disruptions in the industry? When I look around at mining companies' resource bases, they have a dwindling reserve base of high-grade material, but they have very large resource bases of sub-economic material. That's right. And that's the material that technology could turn into reserve. To this point, we are going to deeper and and undercover and all of those uh, sorts of areas, also going to some more politically difficult areas. And I think for mining companies, the challenge is, do I exploit the low grade in a country where I know I can get licensed to operate versus a maybe a higher grade alternative in a high risk profile area? Now, technology plays in both those camps. Technology can play into reducing the risk in those countries by not putting as many people on site and and being able to operate them remotely, etc. It also plays into trying to change the economics of the low grade. I think technology has a play in both areas. I think there's also uh, some disruptions potentially available to the exploration industry where Take a world where you don't have to put anyone on the ground, it's covered, you have autonomous drilling, collecting the data for you. You can be a small exploration company of one man sitting in an office, taking direct feeds from a, uh, a drill rig and making decisions on the fly. That means the sort of the cost of setting up an exploration company and running it is, uh, the overhead cost is pretty minimal. That gives you a great deal of agility. And it may also mean that the drilling companies might rethink how they operate. They may actually do that drilling for a slice of equity. They might own the data and give you the rights to that data for the period that you own the lease. When I relinquish the lease, I don't need the data anyway, but it might be useful to someone else. But it's the same sort of argument that we were talking about with music. The millennials don't actually mind not owning the music, as long as they can play it when they want to play it. That's right. This episode was part two of our look at innovation and disruption in mining. Gavin provided us the big company perspective and what the future might look like if mining was disrupted. And the source of that disruption is probably going to be digitalization. So think about how your job would change if a lot of the things you do today were digitalized. His example of the music industry is probably pretty appropriate. So if we value access over ownership, why are we still hanging on to business models and ways of doing things that are probably going to be defunct very soon? I came across a saying the other day that the United States Marines use, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. Exploration Radio is brought to you by Steve and Amart. Our producer and all-round go-to guy is Dan Hershowitz. This podcast is recorded at the Perth Music House. If you'd like to know more about Exploration Radio, check us out on explorationradio.com. Or you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn.
And as always, if you like this podcast, please review us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, let's keep exploring.